you really knew how little people were thinking about you, you wouldn't worry about them thinking about you at all. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm your host, Matt Smith, founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. This is a podcast. This is a movement to give back to the industry that has given so much to me and my family. Today, guys, we got a very, very special guest, one of my very good friends, um, a mentor to me, a coach to me, a coach to my team. Um, we have the one and only most badass sales trainer on the planet, Coach Bill Pipes. What's up, Coach? What's up, brother, man? So excited that we're finally getting a chance to to jump in here and, uh, you know, really dig, dig, dig together, bro. I just, I want to start off by just acknowledging you for what you bring to the space of real estate, uh, the commitment that you have. I mean, and I see it, I see it show up with your team, but I also see who you are shows up across, you know, across the nation and what you're doing when you're on stage, when you're actually in on panels and obviously what you're doing with all or nothing as well too. So kudos to you, bro. Thank you, man. That means a lot coming from uh, coming from the person that I know you are and the contributions that you put to the space. Um, it's uh, that means a lot to me. So I I appreciate it and ditto. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've been we've been on several of the same stages, several of the same masterminds. Been privileged to be in this coaching relationship for a while now, and yeah. I am extremely excited for what we're going to bring to the audience today. Let's go, baby. Let's, Let's go. go. So yeah. let's start in for um, for so those that maybe have been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> who who is Coach Pipes? And um, talk about a little bit of your accolades, your background, and why they should listen to you, and and why they need to actually pay attention to this one and realize they're going to come away with tactical things that they can implement to absolutely transform their business. For sure, brother. Um, so I have been in the industry, the space of real estate since I was 18 years old. Uh, my mother was a paralegal that became a real estate agent that, you know, did her best to actually crush it in real estate, came up against hard times, had to get back, leave from real estate, go back to being a paralegal, you know, and this is like one of the most badass women on the planet, you know, like worked two jobs, made sacrifices for me to be able to actually have the choices and the freedom that I have. And I give a big shout out to my, uh, my mother, Diana Dockery. And uh, who's still alive, thank goodness. And hopefully she stays alive for a very long time. Um, but um, about 20, 21 years old, I got introduced to a dude that stays on my desk at all times right now. The, the godfather of real estate. I keep this guy. He looks at me every single day. These are DVDs for those of you that don't know what those are. They're <laughs> these little things. And I have a DVD player over here. Cause I still listen to this guy, Mike Ferry and Mike Ferry took me underneath his wing and, and for, you know, almost uh, 15 years during very formative times taught me everything that he knows about real estate. Um, basically it was like a, you know, a fourth son to him. He had, uh, you know, Tom, Matthew, Patrick, and then myself. Um, and so, you know, at that time I was actually in a PhD program at university of California at Irvine, bro. And I was, my, my goal was to teach and, and Mike, really helped me understand how I could take that passion of teaching, put it towards real estate with what he taught me, uh, get some great experience inside of real estate of selling, uh, and then turn around and be able to actually start to, to support back and help people who are on the path to be able to get there faster. Right. And uh, so fast forward, spent 15 years with Mike Ferry, spent five or six years with Gary Keller, Dinah Kokoska and uh, Tony DeCello. Uh, and then spent, you know, 10 years with Tom Ferry. And this has been the last couple of years with, uh, with Chat Black. So I've did the, the thing that, that I would share with everyone here is I'm an amalgamation of some of the, I think some of the most badass industry leaders on the planet. And what I've 
my superpower isn't that I'm smarter than anyone. My superpower isn't that I'm more intelligent than anyone. And, and it, sometimes it's not even that I work harder than other people. Like there's some people that just out freaking like, I want, I look at you, Matt, and you're like, you're the out discipline anybody. I mean, you're on like, you know, like your 25th uh, iteration of 75 hard now <laughs> at this point, man. I'm just like fucking inspired by that. But here's my superpower. I'm extremely coachable. And when I'm around greatness, I, I do my best. I don't always succeed, but I do my best to put my ego aside and completely surrender to someone who has produced something that I want to produce. And I'm not there yet. If they like, if, if they're a great father and I watch them, I'm like, Oh shit, man, I'm going to, I'm going to just watch, learn and fucking become a sponge. Mike Ferry. I think one of the greatest, like fundamental business trainers on the planet uh, ever, you know, I, I was just a sponge for 15 years. And so as you guys are listening, Man, I've to this, got, I have to interrupt you. I hate to do it, but I have to, you mentioned yeah. the great father and um, I, I always put family first, right? Family yeah. always comes first to me. Yes. I love selling houses. I love success. I love all of that, but family always comes first. And I'm privileged to have two of the most amazing, beautiful girls on the planet. Um, and I had the privilege at an event that you were at um, to meet your daughter, Sophia. Um, oh, yeah. and dude, she is a baller. I remember being so inspired and motivated by the young lady that she has come that you have that she has become that you have raised. And also you inspired me to become a better father by the lessons oh, you instilled in her. So that, I, that's... I, would, I have to mention that, that <laughs> seriously from the heart. That was that stood out to me. Dude, I wish I had it on right now. I I, I alternate my bracelets, but uh, I you go with my black bracelets, which are my kids, and I have some other ones, some mandalas. But I that, that bracelet I is worn that you gave me that have Liam and Sophia's name on it. Seventy five percent of the time, man, like seventy five percent of the time, I'm wearing that. Um, and 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 thank you. That that means a lot because I look at I look at you as who you are as a father, right? And and I know your commitment. And 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 there was a bro, like I will tell you. We look at human beings and the end result that they are, but you do not see the behind the scenes battles that they have gone through to get to that public face that you see. Um, there's a good buddy of mine. His name's Thatch Nguyen, right? Okay. And Thatch, if you don't follow him on Instagram, it's, it's hashtag A at T H A C H N G U Y E N. Guy's a well, real estate agent back in the 90s that was selling 100 homes, just him and his wife, Cammie, when no one was selling 100 homes, just the two of them. Dude came over. You should get him on this podcast, man. He would, he would blow the audio. Like you guys, you know, I pale in comparison. Came over from Vietnam on a boat lived in one of the camps up in Seattle. Like anyway, Thatch would have people come and this will reiterate this point. I think it's going to be very helpful for how you guys can listen today. He would have people come and watch them prospect, watch him prospect. Now keep in mind, he's been doing, he had been doing it for 10 or 15 years at that time. And they would listen to him and they would watch him and they'd observe him for like an hour or two hours. And then they would create this false expectation for themselves that they need to be as good as him. And he stopped Matt having people come watch him prospect because it was said it was unfair to them because they were seeing the end result of 15 years and thinking that they could mm. get there by next Tuesday. So I think as, as whether it's me or anyone else that you're listening to on, you know, with Matt, I think one of the most important things for you to recognize is there's been an entire, it's a fucking iceberg, right? Like you see the tip of the iceberg, but what you don't see is the battle and the sacrifices and the screw ups, dude. I have been such a shitty father at times. Like I, I, I can't count on fingers cause I don't have enough and can't borrow enough fingers on how many times I screwed up. But here's, here's what being coachable, and I think this is the thing that all of us need to approach this from. 
being coachable gives us is a little bit of empathy when you mess up and a little bit of transparency to be able to actually make adjustments. And when you're around the right people, you can model their behaviors because you're going to have like a, a, an alternative choice. There's a guy by the name of Alex Lair. Alex is a great agent up in Silicon Valley. And uh, Alex is my go-to guy for, for parenting advice. Because I looked at him and I'm like, that dude is strong with his kids, disciplined. They know he cares. He's loving, right? But he holds them to standards. And I like, there were times when I would have to call Alex two or three times a week, like, dude, I totally screwed up. He's like, yep, I did that too. Let me share with you what I did. And the more people you can surround yourself with like that, mm -hmm. then I don't want to say the easier your path is going to be, but the more rewarding and fulfilling and the quicker you'll get through it actually. Yeah. So well, I think that ties into a few quotes that come to mind is number one is that you become who you hang around, right? Your environment matters. And so make sure that you're around the right people. The good, you want to be a good parent, hang around better parents. You want to be a good agent, hang around better agents. You want to be a good coach, hang around better coaches, right? Like be around the people that you want to be like. Um, and I also think that you talked about the um, overnight success, the iceberg, right? Yeah. I think it's such a great analogy. And I can see the image in my head that you see go around of what that the work that's put in. But I think everyone sees you talk about the results of his prospect. And I think everyone sees the results of what who Coach Pipes is today, right? Yeah. Who he is as the trainer. But what they don't see is the work that went in behind the scenes to become that person. Right. It and, takes, takes and all the all the shitty seminars and crappy like talks that I gave yep. that I feel like I want to grab all those people and go, okay, here's all your money back. I'm yeah. so sorry. You're like legit, man. And, uh, but yeah, dude, you gotta suck before you shine. Like it's it 10 years to become that overnight success, right? right. It takes totally. time and you have to be willing to fail. We talked about, we did go to the boards and you zoomed in today, actually right. um, to the team. And what we talked about was fear. We talked about, like I did a big speech on fear. A lot of people have a fear of failure, right? Um, if you, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend you go listen to Ed Milet's podcast that he did with Lewis House. It talks about success versus greatness. We may circle back to that later, but it's amazing. And that's where I heard Lewis talk about um, fear of failure. Everyone's heard that. We're afraid yeah. of failing. Um, and I think like we could do a whole podcast on that, but I think everyone has heard that song and dance. But I think what really stood out to me is that he mentioned a lot of people have a fear of success. What if I actually succeed? Right? Like, I think a lot of people, if you really think about it, you say it's fear of failure, but in reality, you're not afraid to make that mistake. You've made the mistake a hundred times before. You're afraid of what happens if you don't make the mistake and you actually set that appointment. If you actually yeah. call this lead and they actually answer what's next, right? Yeah. Oh my God, I actually won. What's that going to look like? I, I set a goal out there. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year and I actually made it. What's that look like? You're afraid of what that's going to do to your yeah. life. So I've thought, bro, I've thought a lot about this. Okay. Yeah. Like, like uh, honestly a lot, because I've always heard that fear of success. Like maybe it's not fear of failure, maybe it's a fear of success. And I, I, I've dug into it. I've studied like, what could it be? Here's, here's where I've, here's the tile I've landed on with this, man. We all, it, it, and psychologists have proven this, we all have a representation of who we are, right? Okay. Uh, like, and it's predictable. We know who we are. We, our behaviors are a certain way, et cetera. 
And if you think about the, the, the mind itself, right? The brain, how the brain, I'll use the brain and the mind. Mind is different, right? It's your consciousness, et cetera. Your brain is the actual functionality of the biological system where your neurological system. The brain is designed, whether it be your, whether you call it your, your uh, reptilian brain or your limbic system or anything else along those lines, it's designed to do one thing. It is designed to keep you alive. That is the functionality of it. And it actually goes like this. Keep me alive so I can eat, have sex and procreate, make more babies and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat so that your the lineage and the species continues to actually survive. That's sure. the function of the brain. Now. Inside of that, we have this, like we've evolved to like prefrontal cortex. We actually have a, uh, an ego that says I rep I'm representative of this, right? And this is who I am. We have a definition of self. When you have success, this is the rub. This is the key thing. It directly challenges that definition that you have of self that has been in place for a long time. And because of that, it serves as a threat. Does that make sense? Like your actual change of who you're becoming and you go, like, well, what if I do succeed? Then all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm outside of my comfort zone of what my ego has said. This is who you are and this is predictable. And this is, you know, very simple for me to be able to know what's going to happen in life. And even if I'm going broke, it's okay because you're going broke predictably. But then you step out of that and the brain goes, this is unpredictable. Therefore, if it's unpredictable, it means it's a threat. And if it's a threat, it means I could potentially die. And then all of a sudden I can't eat, procreate and have more babies at that point. And the species dies. That's, that's the rub. That's the that's, challenge. That's that so, yeah, that's so good, man. That's, that's taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. Like you say, Oh, successful. Who's afraid of actually winning a lot of people. You break it down yeah. to that level. A lot yeah. of people are afraid because that changes everything. Changes like, everything. I could argue that success changes more than failure. Yeah. And people have a fear of change. They don't like change, right? They don't like change. We don't. That's it. And there's a third fear too that I don't think um, gets talked about as a lot as much as those two. And it's fear of judgment. Mm. I think most people so get good. stuck on that one. They are afraid of being judged by other people and they are afraid of the judgments they put on themselves. Totally. It's and so good what you said. I've never heard someone say that, but I think it's so honestly so good. Two things. Um, Okay. Number one, they're already judging you. Yes. So like it's already happening. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. The human beings and the friends and the family members that you have in your life are judging, assessing, and evaluating you all the damn time. So like that's, that that's, that's already occurring, right? Yeah. <laughs> number two it's almost sort of funny right like sure. we're afraid to do something because we are going to have something that's already happening happen to us or at least we're going to be aware of it now at this point right okay um and really it's like a fear of rejection right like i'm going to be judged and they're going to reject me um and number i think the second thing is this and it's something wayne dyer god rest his soul who i had the chance in 1999 to meet and he became sort of a you know a pseudo mentor um that that i was around a couple of times Wayne Dyer, if you guys don't know him, check him out on YouTube. He's like incredible spiritual leader, psychologist, was a psychologist and moved into the spiritual realm and a Taoist. But uh, he said that if you really knew how little people were thinking about you, you wouldn't worry about them thinking about you at all. You yeah. know, and that, that really, and I remember Mike Ferry saying something to me. He goes, uh, 
Sabrina, his wife, I, I asked him, I said, what was the big sort of switch for you? And he said, when I gave up giving a shit, what other people thought about me. Dude, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so now we've got it like spiritual guru saying it. You got Mike Ferry. For those of you who don't know, Mike Ferry is like you know spit on stage, call you stupid, you know, like type of guy, right? And uh, so you got like both ends of the spectrum, and I hear it again and again and again. Um, just um, they're judging you already. They're assessing you already. I think what it is, uh, and and we're worried about what people are going to think. But the reality is, I think what it comes down to. I know for me is not being liked, not being liked by someone sucks, but let's go to father. Let's go, let's go being a father, man. Last night I'm like, like, I'm gonna let you guys on inside baseball. So my son, who's a badass, you know, has, has offers coming in from colleges or at least recruiting like requests coming in right now for him in football and he just started playing. Just like with all kids, they have highs and lows. You know what I mean? And Liam's going through like a loss of focus time at this point. I had to be, I had to, I had to go to the line with him last night. By go to the line, what I mean is say those things as a dad that are really uncomfortable, that are done out of love, right? That if I didn't do that, then he would not, if I, if I, oh, I need my son to like me, then all of a sudden he, I wouldn't have said the things that I said last night to him that he needed to hear. Hey, I want this lead to like me. Well, I'm not going to close on them as much as I need to, yep. right? Hey, I need this. Uh, I want this 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 seller that I'm meeting with to really like connect with me. Well, I may not price it at the price that's going to cause it to sell, right? When you can get to a point, a just through consciousness of the fact that people aren't thinking about you that much, and they're already judging and assessing you when they are thinking about you then you get more committed to, to communicating with an end result in mind for them and their betterment than you do to communicate so that they will like and appreciate you. hundred so, percent. It's yeah. yeah. It's almost selfish of, mm -hmm. of us to have the fear of judgment because like you said, number one, they're already judging you. Um, I love your point. Number two as well is that it's like, there's so much truth to that, but I think there's a third point. And I said this today to my team is what they think of you is none of your business. Yeah, Their opinion of you is none of your business. Love that. But why we focus on that so much, I feel, is because we lack confidence in ourselves. And we lack confidence in ourselves because we don't keep the promises we make to ourselves. And so when I said fear of judgment, most people go to judgment of others. But I think it's deeper than that. I think a big fear is judgment of ourselves. Yeah. How many times do we have to be honest with ourselves? of who we are as people, who we are as fathers, who we are as real estate agents, what we have actually done. And are we the ones keeping promises to ourselves or are we the ones that are laying ourselves down on a daily basis and we're judging ourselves. So we are projecting that everyone else is judging us also. It's really good what you just said, by the way. Like, that's really good. I had to write that down. Um, what if they're right? Yeah. Like, like you know, oh shit, man. Uh, that every, every have you noticed this dude? I mean, you and I get to be around a each other, but be like some of the most insane business minds in the world yes. in North America right now and real estate specifically. And I talked to a lot of people and, and all of them have this thing of, uh, they go through this Im imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's this little imposter syndrome. Like what if someone finds out that I'm really not as good as I may, yes. I may appear to have you, have you ever had that? Cause I oh, have all the like, time man. all yeah. the time. 
Oh, it's insane. And I, I won't even name names, but I'm going to tell you like some of the top one, two or three agents with their teams, uh, the top people that are in the top 10 and, uh, on the, um, what's the ranking? Oh my gosh. I'm having a 51 year old moment right now. Real trends. Real trends. Thank you. Yeah. Steve's going to kick my ass for forgetting that. So on real trends, um, I can name and go, had that conversation with them, had that conversation, had that conversation, had that conversation with them. Right? Can I, can I, I'm going to jump in there is yeah. what is crazy to me is you are hundred percent correct. But what makes them remain at that level is their humility to realize they still don't have it all figured out. Totally. And I think about still, what your superpower kid. is, is being coachable. Even though they're at the top, the reason they remain at the top is because they are still coachable. They are still humble and they realize they can still learn something else. They still, I I look at Veronica Figueroa and Tony, man. And those guys are, I mean, you know, like by all made it doing great, you know, like, hello, or Brett Gove that I know like over at EXP, like, you know, good friend of mine. Um, And they're always like, huh. And they're the first ones to go, I never thought about that. Or what's next for me? Or, wow, I need to add this in. Or 100%. what, hey, coach, what should I do a little bit differently? So, so yeah. So I think A, like we covered a couple of things here already so far, right? Be coachable, open up, surrender, surround yourself with people that are going to be able to actually like not only be a beacon for you, but also call you out when you're off the path. Yes. Um, recognize that, you know, it's funny. I'm going to add one more thing to this judgment thing. Do you know... I have never felt judged by someone who's above me. 100%. Never, dude. Like not one time have I ever felt someone who's doing more than me look down and go, dumbass. They're like this. Here's my hand. Grab it. Come on up. Right. It's always the haters. And I will also use my haters as a tool for motivation for me. Like some people do it, but for me, I'm like, okay, motherfuckers. Let's go, man. And not because I, I actually love them more than some people because they're the ones that are driving me to become the best version of myself because of that, like, uh uh-huh, I'm going to show you. Well, in reality, all all those quote unquote haters are doing are projecting their own insecurities on themselves onto you, right? It's it's a lot of times it's the form of jealousy and different things like that. So it's, it's, uh, you can take it as a, as motivation, absolutely should be fuel. But I think there's also, um, another direction you can go with that because you can use that as fuel for, for the negative for too long. You need that yeah. bad guy on one shoulder and the good guy on the other. So totally. you, you can have both because I also think not only should you run away from fear, but you should run, run towards something that you want, something you want to accomplish agreement, dream and a goal. Dude, I got to jump on this really quick. I, yeah. I, so by the way, guys, so Matt and I were like, where do you want to go with this today? And we're like, let's start with a question and see what unravels from there. And it is, it's been rad. Um, so I, I just recently launched my own coaching company, right? Yep. And it was, it's, and, and Matt, I scared shitless. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, because I've always been a really, really good number two, you know, I was a great number two to Mike Ferry. I was a great number two in Kel at, uh, at, for Diana and Tony. I was a kick-ass number two for Tom Ferry for years, right? I played that role with John and, and what was great about Chep and I find, I'm going to tell you, tell you guys right now, 
I love John Chet Black. I think he's one of the most badass mofos on the planet. Honest to goodness, man. And here's why. Because he empowered me and then gave me the strength to be able to jump out and do my own thing. And when I did my own thing, you know what he said? I'm rooting for you. I'm putting you out front still. Like, you know, like when your website is done, you know, coachpipes.com, we're going to push that out, you know, as well too. That's a, dude, that's someone who speaks the speak, walks the walk and fuck. And you know him, you work with him. I work with him, you know, still, we still- but, well, that's uh, leadership 101. That's the mindset of abundance. That it, There's so many lessons in that. 100. And everyone does this shit. And if you're listening, you can't see me, but I'm doing the hand gesture of people <laughs> talking. Yep. Everyone talks the talk, but I f- find very few people that walk the walk, period. So a big shout out to Chet, man, because I would not have had the testicular fortitude to be able to step out if he hadn't actually pushed. But check this well, out. Well, by the way, congratulations. I was in Cabo when you spoke on the stage. And I think you announced it publicly the first time that you're going on your own. I can almost cry, dude, on stage. Dude, dude. It, like, you nailed it. I've heard you speak so many times, but you absolutely nailed it. And dude, I'm so proud of you. So like, if you guys are, um, we're going to get into some tactical stuff here in a minute. And I promise you, like, I wouldn't put this man out on front in a pedestal and put him on this platform if he didn't know what he was talking about. Like, I use him to coach. I coach him. Sometimes we have two coaching calls a week. That's how important he is to our business. And he can do the same for you. So make sure to check out his website. He's yeah, coachpipes.com. Super easy. At coach, coachpipes.com. But but uh, here's, here's what happened, right? I went through and everyone, when you set a big goal or have something happen that's outside your comfort zone, it's going to challenge, like we said, your perception of self. What if I succeed? What about, oh, whatever. Yep. And I, I was like a little lost, uh, you know, for about 30 days and uh, like, like stuff was falling apart. Like I almost, like almost broke up with my girlfriend, you know, who like I've been with for two years, who is like my raving fan. And, and I realized what had happened was I had lost this is the point that I want to go to. So it is, yes, you can use the haters to be able to actually push you and drive you, whatever. But if you'd have something bigger, that's pulling you into the future, right. Then you're, you're not going to, you're not going to have longevity. What happened was I started looking at it and I said, what am I committed to building? You know, from a coaching standpoint, I said, I'm committed to building a $25 million a year annual revenue coaching company, which would mean that I would have to serve at a very high level X number of people. Right. And, and by the way, the 25 million is just a measure of, of the service that I would have to provide. Right. But, I, yep. but you always start with that end goal in mind. And I worked it backwards. What I got to was this, I got to this point where I said, who is the person I would be, the characteristics I would have, the man that I would be, the father I would be, the boyfriend or husband that I would be, the leader that I would be if I was already running that company. And what came out was an alter ego who I call 25 mil bill, right? So, and so like when I'm making my decisions now, like you talk about something, I get chills right now, man. You talk about something that's pulling me in the future, helping me make decisions. I go, what would 25 mil bill do? do? Okay. Would 25 mil bill do this? No. If he didn't, then fuck, I'm not engaging in it. Right. How would 25 mil bill respond to this? What would he say? How would he coach? What, what, what decisions do you make? And it's just become like in the last 30 days, I got to tell you who I've been being is a version of my future self brought to now which is critical because yes, I can have those. You're not going to make it push me so far. But when I got 25 mil bill pulling me into the future, man, fucking watch out. Yeah. So I think that's so good. Like it's so crazy how in alignment this, we literally did not prepare for this, but I did a speech about that as my close out of our go to the board to my team today, because my goal 
is I live for other people now, right? Like, yes, I still have, I still have things I want to accomplish goals for me, but I do that through others, right? That um, everybody that knows me knows that um, when I have, I have goosebump moments, like legit, like the hair on my arm stands up and like, I live for the next one of those. I want more of that in my life. What I found is what is in common is every time I get one of those, it's because someone else has made a big leap change, overcome a challenge, done something great in their life. And so I'm chasing my next goosebump. And so my commitment to the team was I'm going to help 10 people make their first $100,000 this year on the team. And the speech that I gave around that was in order for you to be the person that makes $100,000, you first have, before you get the 100,000, you first have to become the person that can make 100,000. You have to become that. Whatever that goal is for you, your $25 million, 25 mil bill, right? Yeah. Before you be, can make that, you have to become him. And yeah. then you attract that to your life. Where so many people get it wrong is they say, well, if you pay me more, I'll do more. Yeah. Right. And that's just not how the world works. If you really want those rewards in your life, you have to become that better version of yourself. And then you absolutely attract that into your world. There's a, it's so, so spot on. There's this thought process, uh, uh, landmark forum, which I, I've done a lot of work with landmark, which I love, um, has this most human beings operate from a have right do, and then be. When I have the money, then I'll do great things and I'll be hat that person that I want to be. But really, when you flip it around, it's be, then do, then have, right? When you can get clarity around, you say, I want to earn $100,000 or I want to earn, um, like my goal out of all the coaching that I do, just so that you know, is twofold, right? Like, I've personally coached and helped at this point, 24, I think almost 25. I got four of them teed up for this year. People that have broke the million dollar mark while I've actually been helping them, you know, captain the ship freaking the thing I love the most is when someone goes, holy shit, man, I it's happening. I just broke seven figures or we just added seven figures that just freaking lights me up. Like, cause that's a big, it's a big deal like yeah. that for someone to do. And so when I look at who do who who do I have to be as 25 mil bill to be able to help how many people become millionaires or generate that million dollar net worth, right? I am being him right now, which allows me to easily do what that person would do. And then I'll have whatever it is that that I want to have at the end result. So Dude, that's like, huge. Yeah. That's huge. So man, this is great stuff. Um let's go uh, tactical, dude. Let's yes. like get in the let's get in the weeds, bro. Let's, let's get in the, get the weeds. weeds. So we've gone, we've gone uh, like up here, which is fantastic, yeah. but I want to dig down into weeds. Okay? Yeah. So we have an agent that's listening right now. That is like, I'm struggling right now with the transition of the marketplace. The market is just, it hasn't made up its mind what it wants to do. Um, we talked about a little bit today about what the future is going to look like and the opportunity that we have and the tactical actions that you can take to dominate this marketplace. Let's go there. Let's talk about market. Let's talk about tactical specific things that cool. someone can do to dominate. The, um, it, it's taken me at this point, 27 years to be able to actually come up with what, what my definitive style of selling is that I teach. And here's what I would call it. It is education-based data-driven selling, education-based data-driven selling. And what that means is a great salesperson in today's world has a responsibility to be educated at the highest level so that they can turn around and educate the clients and give them an alternative narrative. And the narrative that most clients and buyers and sellers and consumers have right now, but not right now about real estate is it's the end of the world. 
right? Like, um, you know, it's going to fall apart. We were talking, we were just at uh, at Myrtle Beach and you and I were both speaking on stage and you crushed it. Um, there's an Uber driver that was driving. I went to go get my haircut and the Uber driver said to me, what do you do? Whatever. We started having this conversation back and forth. And he said, oh man, the real estate market here is so insanely strong and it's great and all this. And he said, but I, I know what's going to happen. I heard what's going to happen in 60 days. It's going to drop by 50%. And he said, and I'm like, oh really? Where did you get that? He goes, I follow this guy on YouTube. Right. And I'm like, uh-huh. Right. Our responsibility, if you want to convert more leads, you need to spend 15 to 20 minutes a day. Okay. This is, this is what I would coach you on. Take 15 to 20 minutes a day. And what you're going to do is you're going to go to housing wire. You're going to go to keeping current matters. You're going to go mortgage daily news. Um, You're going to do a little bit of Inman, uh, you know, like cycle through all of the the gossip shit that's in there and get to the the core that Brad still has some good stuff that's actually in there. Um, All of which are great publications, which you're taking time to be able to actually educate yourself, find some podcasts that you can listen to that. I I used to like Bruce Norris, but you know, he sort of fell off a little bit, but I'm like, I, I have housing wire, uh, you know, their podcast. I listen to that shit every single day. Right. And the reason being is as an agent, I want to be able to actually have the data. I want to be able to actually have the facts, just the facts. So that when I come across a buyer that says, I want to wait, I can go, do you know why waiting? And I can ask the question and say, okay, great, Matt. I can appreciate the fact that you want to wait. Can you tell me what causes you to believe that the market's going to be better in the future when you wait than it is right now? It gives me that Matt says, well, pipes, you know, like rates are going to come down and there's going to be more homes to choose from. And I go, interesting. Okay. Where'd you get that information from? Well, I heard it on this. I watched it on that, et cetera. Okay. Wonderful. Hey, Matt, let me share with you the reality of what is actually occurring in our local market today. And then I can use all of that past knowledge that I've been KCM housing wire, you know, all that stuff to be able to go, here's what's really happening. See the consumers, the, here's the challenge, all my agent friends and all the leadership out there, listen carefully. The consumers are spending more time studying the market than you are. And they're in control of the transaction because they know more or their hallucination of what they know is, has a stronger level of belief than yours. Cause you're not taking the time to study. And then when you do study, you're not taking the time to be able to work, to be able to, to present that back. You got to role play it once you actually have it. So if you want to convert more leads, learn more about where the market's going, learn more about where interest rates are going, learn more about your local inventory, learn how to frame that in a conversation that shows that really waiting is going to hurt them. Now, that being said, brother, not everyone's going to listen to the facts. Nope. Right. They're not going to. And I hit your team hard today. Q2 is the most important quarter for 2023. Why? Because we got some low hanging fruit right now that needs to have this conversation that I just gave, right? About here's what's going to happen with rates. Yes, rates are going to come down. Here's what's going to happen with inventory. 80% of homeowners are at 4% lower interest rates. They're not selling. Inventory is going to tighten. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, why do you think what's going to happen? Uh, On top of that, uh, you know, you actually have more buyers that are going to come to the market. So by waiting, you have more, less inventory prices going up, multiple offers, fewer concessions. Help me understand why waiting is in your best interest. You have that dialogue. Hopefully someone bites on that. If they're motivated, 
But well, if been- nothing else, like I think it's so important. Agents, in my experience, and and Coach Pipes, you can speak on this, but like in my experience from talking to my agents and other agents across the country, is they lost that feeling of that they are the professional. In this world that we live in, there's so much. You said the consumer is driving the decisions. It didn't used to be that way, right? No. But what happens is we live in this instant gratification. There's so much technology available that the real estate agent hasn't taken back and become the professional they need to be in order to serve the clients the level they need to serve them. Totally. They're not that putting is the time huge, in. Yes. You have yeah. to understand the market better than the consumer. And you have to. You don't, you, have, you don't bring any value to the marketplace. You think about anyone buying something of value, like, you know, like I was thinking of buying a new Range Rover, right? And then all of a sudden I went, well, interest rates are really high. I think I'm going to stay in my current car. Like I literally yep. like, like I went not, and, and by the way, that's the home buyer. Hey, I really would love a new house. Oh shit, man. Like, you know, interest rates are where I think I'm good where I am right now. That's why inventory is going to stay tight and builders haven't been able to actually keep up with the demand. It's exactly what's happening. Um, there is a wonderful, if you have not seen it, guys, you gotta go see it. I don't know. You know, um, it's called air and it's the story of Nike securing Michael Jordan. It is Matt, take the girls, you know, go see it. Uh, The girls may or may not like it. So, but it is the best movie I've seen in 10 years. Like, and that says a lot, right? Because it is, it is a business movie about people having to sell Michael Jordan on going with a third rate shoe company that was just a running company. That's all that Nike was with Bruce Jenner, the dude, right? So when Bruce Jenner was the dude, right? Uh, the, 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 the decathlete. And, um, you know, like that was all they were. They had 17% market share Converse and Adidas had the remaining like 83%, right? Michael Jordan, it should never have gone. He was like, I'm going Adidas all the way. But this movie talks about like how they were able to position Jordan to come over. Now, the reason I bring it up is. Matt Damon plays a great role. I think he's probably going to get an Academy Award for this. Like he should, it'd be, it'd be a travesty if he doesn't. But he goes into the grocery store and he's always getting these magazines and magazines. Point being is this. Once upon a time, the consumer's only outlet to education were magazines. And it wasn't that long ago. And so it was easy for a real estate professional to be able to stay ahead of that consumer because the fact is they did not have access and outlet to information. Well, now we have an overabundance of information at their fingertips. You could do, if I do, watch this. I'm going to Google something. What's happening with the real estate market in Salt Lake City, where I live, 2023? I press that search. Here it comes. How many responses do I have? It is one of, oh, there's 347 million results on, (laughs) on, on what's happening in the real estate market in Salt Lake City right? It's no longer a magazine world. It's a world where the consumers can go in. And if you're going to purchase, like I was going to a Range Rover, you're going to do your research. And I guarantee you the consumer who's looking at buying a house, we've all done it. It's probably spending 15, 20, 30 minutes a night in their downtime, searching, looking, finding out what's going on, Googling shit. And we're not doing that as the professional for ourselves. 
they're out educating themselves, whether it's false or, or true narrative. hundred percent. I love it. So after you, so you said something that you believe in education based data driven, data driven, data driven. Yeah. So um, first step is to educate yourself, right? What, what, what do you, so let's say that I 15, 20 minutes a day, I'm an agent, I'm educating myself, I'm consuming the right content, I'm controlling the narrative and my role plays and my different things of who I need to talk to, what do I do next? How do I dominate this marketplace? So when, when you have that, you actually have confidence, right? And so the, the data-driven part of this is you have an ability to be able to go interest rates are tw- at, uh, you know, six, six and a quarter, six and a third, right? The Fed is projected. You, you actually know the data because when you give the data, people can't refute that, right? If you can talk interest rates, what the projection is, you quote uh, the Fed, you quote Mortgage Bankers Association, you quote NAR. Um, once I have that down, here's, here's, I want to go back to something. Okay. Um, I just want everyone to hear me say two words. Stop it. S-T-O-P-I it. Some of the people you talk to are going to get this. Some of the buyers and sellers are going to understand it. And some of them are going to jump and take action on it. There's going to be some that don't stop trying to convince someone who's unmotivated to be motivated. Instead, if you're, if you want to see someone like look at the commonalities of people that succeed in real estate, they're doing at least an hour a day of lead gen or follow-up. They're doing maybe two and the really good ones are doing three. You know, Goran Todorovic, right? Yep. Uh, with Remax up in Windsor. I just got done doing a wonderful event for him and his team. And I coach Goran, I coach his team and Danielle and Jennifer, their entire leadership. And they had a panel up there and these people were selling and they were, here's what, here's what I love about Goran. It was his competitors that he put on a panel on stage to showcase them and their greatness. It was insane, you know, and four of them up there on stage, every single one of them prospects for one, two, one of them, three hours a day consistently. And it wasn't like, yeah, they're just giving lip service. You could tell they're like, yep, I do this. Here's what I do. Here's how I start it. Whatever. It was definitive that they did it. So once you have your ability and your skill down to be able to control the narrative and move people forward, then what you have to do is develop the standard for your business of a number that you won't go below in terms of an hour per day, two hours or three hours a day that you will go out and hunt for the business. That's not indicative of the market that we're in in 2021 or beginning of 2022, where you didn't need to hunt. The food was laid on your table, like you're walking through Walmart and it's all cellophane up. And here's a cell that you have now. Here's a buyer, here's a seller in cellophane. Oh, great, perfect. All I need to do is pick it up and go to the front of the store. That's selling real estate in 2020, 2021, 2022, yep. right? We didn't need to have intelligent conversations, right? Because the market was so, we didn't have to use education-based data-driven selling. Because the market did it for us. There was that FOMO and that fear of missing out. So once you have your skill, then you have the standard. And then the third piece is that you have to execute on like proven strategies. You have to run plays that work in your business. And what is that? Well, if you're going to work your past clients in Sphere, you've got to have a program in place where you're reaching out to them 40 to 50 times per year through email, text, 
events that you guys do. You guys do this all the time, yep. right? Okay. And calling, right? If I'm going to follow up, if I'm going to have uh, generate online leads, well, I've got to have my follow-up strategy of what I'm going to do, my drip campaign strategy of how that's going to work, maybe an ISA strategy to be able to work the longer term leads. If I'm going to run an open house, you guys do this so well. Here is our strict strategic way, our set of, of systems and processes to be more efficient, more effective. You've got to run effective strategies in your business. In fact, dude, this is how, this is how I coach, get your skills, right? Have your standards, which are disciplines, rituals, and routines and run effective strategies over and over again and optimize them as is necessary. If you want to earn seven figures, it's that simple. There's obviously backfill on it, but that's the yep. game, man. Dude, that's so. it's, I love it. How, it's so simple, but yet so complex, right? Meaning yeah. that anyone can do it. But what's crazy is it's also scalable. Like that is the formula if you're brand new or if you've mm -hmm. been in the business 30 years, it does not matter. That is the formula if you if you want to sell 10 houses or you want to sell a thousand. It doesn't matter. Exactly. That's yeah. the formula. Have your skills or have your team skilled. Like, look, dude, here you have a whole different game. Like, look, I, could, I guarantee you, I could take Matt. I could put him... Uh, in a phone competition with anyone where they're prospecting. And I guarantee you that he would be up there with the best, if not Let's go. Them, guaranteed, Let's go. right? Let's go. This, like, if you're a leader listening to me, that shit's not enough. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? At some point, it's can you transfer those skills over to your team yes. now at that point? So that's, it's still the skill circle, but it's a transference of skills, disciplines. Can you create a environment that is structured around standards so that your team, right? Will be able to actually perform, survive and produce. And can you operate it? It's, it's all the same. It's just a little bit different game as you get into a bigger sandbox. So yeah, dude, so good. That's so good. Um, yeah. And I, what I love about it is that it is plug and play for anyone that's listening, right? And no matter where you are, that's it. Yep. Um, dude, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about a little bit of that you shared today with um, the marketplace of where it's going and yeah. like what does that look like if an agent is? So I'll just be real. I just had a before this call, I had a one on one with an agent that's been on the team for four years, been in the business for four years, um, and did phenomenal, and they're struggling a little bit right now. And one of the reasons is because they said they kind of got in this vicious cycle of the doom and gloom, the reality the message you're sharing, message I'm sharing, message other people are sharing is going to take more effort to get the same result, right? Yep. They let that get them in a negative mindset and they didn't keep enough people in the pipeline and the people that are in the pipeline aren't motivated, right? And so like it just got in a vicious circle. And so what we self-discover and realize is that we need more of the activity to find more of the motivated people versus focusing on, focusing on the people that we're trying to turn into motivated yeah. people, right? Um, so, and so that someone that's in that cycle or maybe in that mind space of like, it's not all doom and gloom. No. This is a massive, massive opportunity. This is, go there's going to be more opportunity in the next 16 to 24 months in real estate. Listen, all of us had this. I, I talked to your team about this this morning. We all looked at the market and said, shit, I wish I would have worked. When it, when it finally ended in like May or June and we, I like it corrected. How many of you listening? I know I did said, fuck, I wish I would have worked a little bit harder. I wish I would put a little bit more. I wish I had a little bit better skills. Oh man. You know, oh, if I ever get that chance again, if that market ever comes back, man, I'm going to be prepared. Well, guess what? It's coming back. Mark my words. Okay. And it's coming back, but it's got sharper teeth. 
Why is that? Right. It's like a Jurassic park 25 or whatever it's on right now, <laughs> you know, like the super monster. Well, it's here, here's what you guys have to expect. Uh, and I want to share this with you. And, and to Matt's point, it isn't to scare you. It's to prepare you. Right. Cause mm -hmm. if you know, it's not to scare you, it's to prepare you. If you know that this market is going to be a little bit hairier, a little bit stronger, a little bit meaner, then you can prepare yourself. Um, Marines right here. Big shout out to all Marines and all military. My uncle, and you've heard me say this, Matt, my uncle said, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. Now, you know, it's funny. I thought it was his quote. It's actually an old Spartan quote, right? So, and he like took it, but that's fine, man. But I want you guys sweating right now, not because you're scared, but sweating because you're getting prepared. Yes. And what you got to prepare for is this. You're going to need to double the amount of prospecting that you're doing, because uh, even though you're going to talk to people who want to do something, fewer of them are going to be willing to do the things they need to do to actually win the offers. So I just said, you'll have a whole bunch of buyers, small group of them will be willing to actually go 10, 15, 20%. And is that market coming? Yeah, it's coming. I, I really do. I think, it. dude, I'm going to dive deeper on that um, because I think a lot of agents who get stuck in that, what you said is so true, but don't mistake. So there are buyers. Let's talk about our fears. We talked about fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment. There's so many agents that I've come across that when they get 10 buyers in the pipeline, they stop. They get five buyers in the pipeline. They stop. Like, oh, I, how do I juggle all this? The reality of this marketplace is that not all five or all 10 or whatever that number is for you are going to act just because there's a difference in being interested and being motivated. Committed, committed and motivated. Yeah. Being committed, committed and motivated. Yes. And so like what they need to do is if you're an agent listening to this, like I want you to understand this, your job is to get more people in the pipeline to find those committed and motivated individuals, Got it. not try to create them from the people that you're putting your arms around that have already raised their hand and said, I'm interested. Interested isn't good enough in this marketplace. Now, if they're interested, go through the education piece. Yep. Totally. The coach went you through and see if they're ready to be motivated and committed. But if they're not, I'm not saying forget them, but don't count on them to be a buyer for you in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Got it. It's exactly correct, Matt. Spend more time going and finding more people who are motivated to hear the, and to hear what you're saying, believe what you're saying and educating them on and act on it. Because it's one thing to hear and believe, it's another thing to act, right? Yes. Okay. So um, I think you're going to need to double, I think you're going to have to double the amount of prospecting that you're doing because you're going to have fewer buyers that are either A, are willing to move forward or B, have the financial means to be able to move forward as this market shifts. Now, interest rates will drop like they're going to towards the end of this year and the beginning of next year, right? And uh, that's not my data. That's the, the what the Fed is projecting and what the whisper is out on the street. There's gonna be so many more buyers that are out in the marketplace, whether it be the millennials or this new group. I don't even know what the new group is, but they're bigger than the millennials, gen, gen whatever, right? So, but um, you're also gonna need to carry more, a uh, bigger pipeline. Whereas, you know, Matt said 10, 15, 20, maybe if you're selling 15 to 16 homes a year, you needed 15, 20 leads at any given time. Cause some are going to, some are going to do something. Some are not. So we're going to work with somebody else. Now you got to carry 40 or 50. I yeah. really do believe that. And so what that means, let's go back to this standard strategies and skills. Well, I need to have the skill 
to be able to know who is motivated and not so that I can determine like in my strategy, who I put the attention towards and how I manage, what is my strategy going to be to manage a pipeline three times bigger? What technology can I use? Am yeah. I really using FUB? Am I using Sierra as much as I can, right? If Boomtown's still around, right? Am I using Boomtown as much as I possibly can? What is the technology that I can use to be more strategic in my approach, right? And the standard is, what is my standard going to be for a lead that I will keep and that I will get rid of one that I will keep following up with before I actually put it back to AI or whatever I'm going to use to, to actually cultivate it. You see, it, I, I can't stress enough guys, this right here, skill strategy and standards. It's if you just get one thing, that's how you build a scalable business for yourself or for others. So manage a larger pipeline, going to need 45, 50 people uh, at any given time to be able to actually sell 20 to 25 homes a year, right? As one drops off, you're prospecting to replace it. And in the midst of all this too, and I know we got a jam here, man. In the midst of all of this, here's what I would tell you. You got to spend a shit ton of time working on your mindset right now yes. because it's going to be a challenge. This market is going to be strict in inventory, flush with buyers, interest rates lower, multiple offers coach chris lane i coached this gal chris lane this woman powerful woman right and uh in new jersey i think i brought this up to the team their their average is like 14 to 17 offers right now like the average is 10 to 15 percent above ask price and in some price ranges 30 yep. percent you don't mean to tell me that shit's not coming the rest of the nation right now Okay. It's just a matter of time, right? At well, this even point. here in the Midwest where we act two years behind the rest of the world, we are already, <laughs> we see low inventory, right? Yep. Um, we see multiple offers. We see houses. Like I literally, after your call today, I said, listing agents, raise your hand. If you list a property in the last 30 days that had multiple offers or sold before it went to the market, every single one of them put both hands up, yep. right? Like it's here. It's happening. It's here. It, yeah. it is, it is reality. And I think what happens is let's go back to what we talked about. It's so crazy. How all this connected It starts with mindset. Like you said, in the mindset of the agent, you have to realize that this market is changing quickly and yep. you have to be able to adapt with the marketplace. You can't get stuck in the mindset of, I want this to be the market that it used to be, or the success that I used to have. You are yep. all, we are all new agents in this new marketplace and it changes each and every day. Which is let's like look at the interdependence, which is why you need to be researching every single day to see the trends yes. and hear what the experts are saying so you can make the decisions about where the market is going to be ahead of it so that you're not making decisions behind the market when you're in a state of freaking panic, right? And in which case, now you're really making stupid decisions because you're doing it out of fear, right? Yes. So 100 percent awesome, dude. Okay. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, this yeah. was amazing, um, as I knew it would be. So much value to the marketplace. Guys, please, um, if if you want to grow your business, do yourself a favor. Go to Coach Pipes' website. Check him out. Reach out to him on social. It's at Coach Pipes, coachpipes.com. This guy is the real deal. He can help you through your problems. He can coach you, coach your team. He's a genuine person, a great father. I consider him a great friend reach out to him. He's here Thanks, to give back to the industry. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. And right now, guess what I'm going to jump into? Amazing coaching session that I have with Amanda and Rodney Hurd. Big shout out to the Midwest. So I think awesome. you know them. So, awesome. All right, guys. Appreciate you all for watching, for listening. And, and look, get more people listening and watching this podcast, man. Yes. Because 
because Matt is doing a fantastic job. And one thing I know is it's always going to get better with him. Yes, so 100%. All right, bro. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, thank Coach Vibes. Guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been my pleasure. Um, as always, this is a free podcast. All I ask of you to do is that if you got any value from this with this, this one, I know you did, share it with a friend. We're trying to give back to the industry. Let's grow this thing together. 